return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. We're blessed by so many different uh, ministers and ministries that are part of our church. One of the unique things at the Tabernacle is we give people an opportunity. Amen. And uh, by that, we all get blessed, we all get enriched. When I'm here on, be it a Sunday times, if I'm not ministering Wednesdays, I'm taking notes. I always encourage people to take notes because we just learn more, amen? Uh, the shortest pencil is better than the longest memory. So the more you write down, the more... I go back sometimes day late, days later and then I re-visit uh, a meeting. In fact, when we were moving, we came across message notes from like almost 40 years ago, from different places we've been. But we'd pick it up, and then we'd have, we'd have the name of the speaker. We might have been at a conference. It could have been here. And it'd be like, oh, wow. And I just, then you read notes again, and you think, that was really good, you know. So uh, uh, it's just good to do that. And the more that we do that, the more it sinks into our spirit man, too. Amen. So Isaac Tafur is one of those brothers from Ghana. Uh, blessing, uh, Church of Pentecost, and Isaac, why don't you come and and uh, share tonight? Let's welcome Isaac. All right, as he comes to minister. Shall we bow down our heads for a word of prayer? So once again, Lord, we are grateful and thankful to you tonight. And here we are once again seated in your presence, presenting our hearts to you, O God, ready, O God, to receive your word. It is our prayer that may your word transform us, may your word equip us, may your word empower us, may our lives not be the same again. Use me as a vessel to be a blessing to your church tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We thank God for tonight. It's always wonderful to be in the house of God. They said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. And, and I believe that he saw that there were so many blessings in the house of God, which he could tap into. So tonight, you are in a place of blessing. Hallelujah. And, and we want to thank God and also thank the pastorate of the church. We always are grateful for this wonderful opportunity. When you read the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, Paul wrote a letter to his fellow co-workers and he was telling them that he's going to wait at Ephesus until Pentecost. And he said that a great door has been opened for him and there are so many oppositions. 
And most of the time we take this Bible text out of context. And what he was actually saying was that his ministry was moved to place to share the word of God. So that great opportunity he was saying, that great door that he was saying was open to him was a door to preach the word of God. Because not all nations accepted him. So he was saying that a great door has been opened for me. So we see it that, that we preaching the word of God here in Tabernacle is a great opportunity. It's a great door and we are grateful. God bless you, Pastor Dave. So tonight we are talking about call to be agents of transformation. Hallelujah. Now, there was a man made a statement that the, the problems of this world is Jesus and the solution is Jesus. It was very controversial. You know, when it was made, so many people opened their mouths wide. How can you say Jesus is the problem of this world? And he said that I'm not done with my statement. Let me, you know, expand the statement. He said that there is so much anxiety, there is so much troubles, there is so much sickness, there is so much pain and sorrow in this world just because the world is failing to embrace Jesus. And the solution to this problem is the world embracing Jesus. And that is why Jesus is, is a problem and also the answer. Hallelujah. So, and it is very true because as children of God we've come to understand that Jesus is our healer. So, when you read the word of God in the book of Acts chapter 10 verse 38, the Bible says that he went about doing good, you know, and then healing all those who were under the oppression of the enemy. So Jesus is a healer. So if you are listening to the sound of my voice and you are sick, I want to tell you that the solution to your problem is Jesus Christ because he is a healer. And the Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. And in the same way, he is also a peace giver. So if your life is, is turbulent at this point in time, you are in a season where things are not working out, so much troubles all over, I want to recommend Jesus Christ to you because he's a solution to the turbulence in your life. You know, when he was leaving, he spoke to his disciples and he was telling them that peace I give unto you. I leave you with my peace, not the peace that is of this world. And Bible also says that he is the prince of peace. So if you need peace in your life, Jesus is the peace giver. He's also a burden bearer. So if you are listening to me, I don't know what you are going through at this point in time. Maybe you have a yoke hanging upon your neck. There is so much trouble, so much burden upon you. And you are seeking solutions and you are finding none. Tonight I want to tell you that Jesus Christ is the burden bearer. Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6, one, he said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek and to bind the brokenhearted. So if you are burdened and brokenhearted, Jesus is here to lift off burdens. He said that cast all your cares and burdens upon me because I care for you. Your, all your anxieties and all your troubles, we can cast it onto Jesus. So indeed Jesus is the solution of this world. And, and thanks be to God that we call children of God or we call believers or Christians have been you know, favored by God so much that we have been chosen by God to project this ministry of Jesus Christ. So he has made us agents. Bible says that we are ambassadors of Christ. When you read the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he said that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, you know, people who have been brought forth to show for the praise of the one who has brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And the Greek, the Greek interpretation of to show for the praises of God is to show for the excellencies of God. 
to show forth the virtues of God. Hallelujah. All that he's trying to say is that as children of God, we have been favored. As Christians, we have been set apart to project the character and the life of Christ. So that through our lives, as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, and we begin to yield the fruit of the Spirit, we begin to demonstrate love, we begin to demonstrate joy, we begin to demonstrate self-control, and demonstrate all the fruit of the Spirit, the world is blessed by our ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and, and no wonder, in the book of Acts chapter 11, verse 26, after Stephen was stoned, the Bible says that the disciples scattered. You know, they were afraid. They moved from place to place. People were seeking refuge in other nations. Some went to Cyprus. Others went to Antioch. But thanks be to God that when they went, they didn't stay idle. They realized that they were agents. They realized that they were conduits through whom God will demonstrate his power on earth. So Bible says that they began to do wonderful things. And the apostles in Jerusalem realized that God, through the hands of these young men who were traveling to places, were doing wonderful things for God. People were being saved and people were coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And they sent Barnabas and, and Saul. At the time he was called Saul, who had just been, who has changed to become a Christian. And the Bible said that when they went to Antioch, they taught the word of God. And the Bible said that it was in Antioch that the first believers were called Christians. And they were called Christians because they lived and demonstrated and projected the life of Christ. Hallelujah. So, I believe that as children of God, there is a purpose for us. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 14, the Bible says that you are the light of the world. In actual, in actual fact, Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Because when you read John 8, 12, the Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world. And anybody who follows him will not walk in darkness, but rather will receive or get the life, the light of life. Hallelujah. It means that as children of God, what we are doing is that we reflect the life, the light of Christ. And that is why the Bible says that we are the light of the world. It means Christ is actually shining through us. And, and one thing we know is that when light shines, darkness is dispelled. When light shines, darkness cannot stand. The Bible says that darkness, you know, contends with light and the light cannot comprehend, the darkness cannot comprehend the light. So as as children of God, we reflect the life of Christ, we bring clarity to this world, we cast out every chaos in this world. Anywhere there is darkness, there is chaos. Anywhere there is darkness, everything goes, you know, wayward. But anytime light appears, there is clarity. Chaos is dispelled. And that is who we are. Hallelujah. We are the light of the world. And... And, and Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, the Bible says that we are also the salt of the earth. I'm just trying to build to the topic we are talking about tonight. We are the salt of the earth. And, and we all know what, what salt, salt, salt does. You know, salt makes food taste better. It means that as children of God, we make the, light, we make the world a better place. The world cannot stand, the world cannot be in place without children of God. The world cannot be a, a, a good place and a conducive place for people to exist without we, we call children, children of God, without we existing as children of God, because we are the salt of the earth. We make the life a better place. There is so much animosity, there is so much hatred in this world, and as children of God who are conduits to reflect the life of Christ, what we do is that we bring love into this world, because the Bible says that God is love. And, and there, is, there is so much bitterness, there is so much rancor, 
last Sunday, Pastor Dave was talking about forgiveness. People are so much embittered against each other, and with such bitterness, the world cannot stand. The world cannot hold. And we are there to actually express the forgiveness of God. We are there to, to reflect it in our, in our day-to-day lives for the world to see. Hallelujah. And, and there is so much division. There is so much division in this world. And as children of God, we bring togetherness. We bring unity. We are projecting the image of Christ. And we bring peace. Because there is so much chaos. There are wars in so many countries. People are dying. Things are happening that many can't understand. And all that the world needs is peace. And as children of God, we are peacemakers. Bible says that blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So it means that one thing that stands you out as a child of God is that you always enforce peace anywhere you find yourself in. So that is who God has made us. We are the salt of the earth. Salt is used for healing wounds. So in the past, salt was used for healing, you know, injuries and wounds. And, and in the same way as, as salt of the earth, we have been saved by the Lord Jesus Christ to more or less snatch people from distraction. You know, when it preserves, when, 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 when there is wound, it brings about distraction. So we bring, we, we, are, we are the salt of the earth. And what we do is that we make sure that people are okay. We minister Christ through our words. We minister Christ through our actions. And that them that are burdened and them that are broken are brought home. Hallelujah. And salt is also for preservation. It prevents spoilage. And Bible says that many are being destroyed. Many are going into the lake of fire. And as children of God, we are here to stand in for Jesus Christ as ambassadors to snatch people from distraction. Without salt, food falls. Food, food gets destroyed. And so that is our ministry. So if you look at all these things, it makes us understand that you and I have been saved for a purpose. You and I have been called, you know, for, you know there are so many people in this world, but it is not everyone who has been saved. And Bible even makes us to understand that even the act of salvation is, is as a result of grace. Without the grace of God, you cannot receive salvation. So it means that the salvation we have received as children of God is because God has found us worthy for a particular purpose. And that purpose is greater than most of the time what we think. So we have not just been called to be in the church to warm the pews. We have not been called to always come to church and listen to the word of God and pray and then routinely come and then go, but we have actually been saved to fulfill a mandate. And that mandate is to become agents of transformation. And that is why our topic today is we have been called to become agents of transformation. We have been called to change our world. We have been called to make our world a better place. And it is my prayer that God will make you an agent of transformation. And, 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 and it casts across all sphere. Every, every, everywhere we find ourselves in, in our homes, in our workplaces, in, in, in our schools, and every jurisdiction we find ourselves in, we ought to become agents of transformation. In Acts chapter 17, verse 6, Bible says that when Paul and Silas went to the, the, the Thessalonica, um, the place called Thessalonica, Bible says that when they saw them, they were preaching the word of God, and, and the mob were, were angry against them, and Bible said that they wanted to lynch them. And the comment they made is that, these people who turn the world upside down have come here too. It tells you of the mandate we have been given. We are world changers. We turn the world upside down. Actually, we make the world a better place. Hallelujah. 
So he said they turned the world upside down. To them, they were thinking what Paul and Silas were doing, they were changing the norm. But they were changing the norm for the better. Hallelujah. So it means that that is our role as children of God. We are agents of transformation. We turn the world upside down. We, 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 we make our, our school places a better place. We project Christ there. We make our, our, our workplaces a better place. We reflect the life of Christ. And we turn the world upside down. When Jesus was leaving, he told, that, he told his disciples in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 to 20. He said that all authority has been given to me. Authority on earth, authority in the heavens have been given to me. And I charge you to make disciples of all nations. All that he was trying to say is that I have given you a mandate. And your mandate is to change the world. Your mandate is to reflect me. Your mandate is to make people just like me. And that is why we are agents of transformation. And, and Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he said that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my disciples in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and into the ends of the world. It means that our mandate and our role, you know, move from place to place. It, 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 Jerusalem was where they were, right? It means their home. And then Judea was actually the, the nation. And Jerusalem was in Judea. So not just in our homes, we also affect the nation. Hallelujah. Not only in South Dakota, but U.S. as a whole. And then to Samaria, other nations, and to the ends of the world. So it means that what we carry is so much explosive. We, 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 are, we are more or less like a time bomb. And when we begin to explode and exude the nature and the character of God everywhere we are, we turn the world upside down. And that is our mandate as agents of transformation. So what we do is that we permeate every sphere of society with the values of the kingdom. With the principles of the kingdom. And that is what God wants us to become. And, and it means that in our workplace, if there is corruption in our presence, corruption should not stand. It means that if there is backbiting and gossiping and there is malice and every fruit of the flesh prevailing at where we are, because of our presence, people should be shy to do these things. In the same way, it means that because we are the light of the world, we have to outshine that darkness. We have to outshine that darkness. Bible says that we should let our light shine before men. That they shall see our good works and give glory to God in heaven. You know, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And, and, and that, that brings me to the problem of this world, like I said. And so the problem of this world is because believers are not projecting Christ enough. So there is so much darkness in our school system. There is so much darkness in our workplaces. There is so much darkness in homes because believers have failed to shine their light. We are agents of transformation. Most of the time, we restrict our Christian values just to the church. We come to the church and we are fed. We come to the church and we pray. We come to the church and receive the Holy Ghost. We come to the church and we are equipped. And it is for a purpose. Their purpose is to let our world see who we are and project Christ. And that is why we are agents of transformation. And it is so common for Christians to actually compromise their values. So most of the time, instead of people being the light at where they are, most of the time they are covered by the darkness. And most of the time because people fear that they will be maligned, because they fear that people will reject them or people will speak against them or people will see them to be a kind of creature, they, they fail to allow their lights to shine. But tonight, I want to tell you that you have been saved for a purpose. And your purpose is to be an agent of transformation, to reflect the light of God everywhere you are. 
And we have heard of people who even hide their identities. There are times you go to places and, and sometimes you tell a friend. There was, there was one time in Ghana, a friend of mine was telling me about another friend. And interestingly, I knew that other friend. And he was saying so many bad things about the person and all that. And what the, the person does, he's in the same you know, workplace with that guy and all that. And apparently that guy was also in my church. So I asked myself, ah, he's a Christian. And he said that he doesn't even believe that guy even goes to church. And I was just trying to draw the link and I realized that most of the time we restrict our values to the church. But for the world to become a better place, for the world to be turned upside down, for the world to change, we need not to dim our lights. We ought to make our lights shine. We ought to reflect it. So if anybody comes to my department where I am and they don't see a difference between me and the worldly person, it means I have failed. It means I am not an agent of transformation. And this is a clarion call God is actually, you know, putting, you know, across to us tonight that we ought to let our light shine so bright. So much darkness, so much darkness covering the earth just because our lights are not shining enough. And I pray that the Lord be our help. Bible says that there were the Hebrew boys who were taken to Babylon. Bible says that they said they would not defile themselves. Even though they knew that if they compromised and then, you know, took in everything the king gave to them, they were going to be friends of the king and the king was going to favor them and give them, you know, good things. They, they realized that they belonged to a certain breed. And their breed is with Christ. Hallelujah. And they wanted to let the king know that even though they are in captivity, their light was still going to shine. So Bible says that when he said that they should bow down to that image, they said that, oh, king, we are not going to bow down to that image. Even though we are not in Israel, we are in your country, but we still have our light. Even though we know that we'll be beheaded, we'll die, we'll be thrown into the furnace of fire, we are still going to let our light shine. And that is what we do as agents of transformation. It doesn't matter where we find ourselves. It doesn't matter whether we change our country. It doesn't matter whether we change our homes. Everywhere we are, we ought to be agents of transformation. And being agents of transformation is not just telling somebody about Jesus, but acting Jesus out in your life. You know, people, in in fact, our lives actually change people more than what we say. And that is what we have to know as children of God. That there are many who are looking up to us. There are many who are watching us. And we can turn the lives of people around with the values of Christ. So we've been called as agents of transformation. And, and, and sometimes you ask yourself that there, is a, there are countries that call themselves Christian countries, but you look at the value system and you look at things that are happening, you look at the darkness that is covering those nations and those places, you ask yourself, are the Christians alive? Are the Christians active? Are they being influential enough? It is my prayer that God makes us influential. I remember when I was in, when I was in Sunday school, when I was a kid, we used to sing this song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. So it, it takes you and I to change the world. So in my corner, if I allow the light in Christ, if I allow the values I have learned, the, the, the life of Christ that is in me, the Holy Ghost who is active in me to be lived out in my life, my light is going to shine. In the same way, in that your corner you find yourself in, if you're also going to do the same, eventually the world is going to be lightened up. Eventually, the darkness that is covering this world, the values that, the vices, I'll say vices, that are so much rampant, are going to flee. Because we are establishing our authority as children of God. And it is my prayer that God helps us do so. And, and, and this is the time. Bible says that, arise and shine for thy light has come. 
we ought to arise as children of God. We ought to allow our light to shine. So, so most of the time, we always yearn for the Holy Spirit when we come to church. We always pray for revival. We always pray for infilling. We always pray that God will anoint us as never before. And indeed, God does it. But the question is, what do we do with the anointing? What do we do with the revival? Is it restricted just to the church? Is it restricted just to the house of God? The world has to see it. Hallelujah. The world has to see it. There was a time in the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 31. um, Peter and John, you know, went to share the word of God. They went to the temple and through the power of the Holy Ghost, they were able to heal a man. And then the authorities questioned them why they did that. And they threatened them never to use the name of Jesus Christ again. And Bible said that they were so afraid that when they went to their other friends, they told them about what had happened. And then they began to hold their hands and they prayed. And they, they asked God to embolden them, to equip them and to strengthen them. And Bible makes us understand that the whole place was shaken. And the Holy Spirit filled them. And Bible says that it did not end there. They went out to speak the word of God with boldness. It means that after revival, it means that after equipping, it means that after studying the word of God for, too, for far too long, we ought to show it to the world. Hallelujah. And it's not just about all trans, but about the life that we live. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, the Bible talks about the, 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 the fivefold ministry. You know, Bible, Bible talks about the fact that when Jesus ascended to heaven, he made captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. So he gave apostles, he gave um, prophets, he gave teachers, he gave pastors, you know. And, and, and it was for a purpose. You know, in the verse 12, the Bible says that for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Most of the time, anytime people read this, all, they, all that they think is ministry of becoming a pastor, or ministry of becoming a reverend, or ministry of, you know, being a clergyman. But you see, our life we live for Christ. Our light we allow to shine in the darkness. Is actually work of ministry. And that is how we change our world. Other than that, as children of God, we are always going to lament and we are always going to complain about the system. We are always going to talk about the system not being so good, the system not favoring us. Maybe it's because we've been quiet for far too long. But I pray that even as the word of God is coming, may we be equipped and empowered. And may we become, may begin to go out and become agents of transformation for God. In the book of 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 5 to 8, it talks about Elijah. You know, Bible says that he killed the prophets of Baal because he did a miracle. And because of that, um, the, 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 the queen was angry. Um, Jezebel wanted to kill him. And, and he had to run away. And when you read the scriptures, the Bible makes us understand that he told God to take his life. Because he's not better than his ancestors. He was tired and he was weary. Now when he went, Bible says that he fell asleep. And I believe that he was thinking, maybe whilst he sleep, God will take his life. But actually, God had a purpose for him. So Bible says that God made an angel appear to him, and the angel brought him food and water. And the angel told him that he should wake up and eat. And now when he, wake, when he woke up, he ate, he took the water, and Bible said that he slept again. And then the angel of the Lord came once again the second time to him, tapped him and asked him to wake up. Eat and drink because the journey ahead is a long journey. And that actually reflects the life of Christians. We are always fed with the word of God. We always study the word of God. 
We always pray. We are always equipped. We are always edified. We are always revived. And that is what the, the first instance, that is what the angel did to, to, to Elijah. You know, he revived him. He strengthened him. He equipped him because he was weak. And that is what we are as children of God. We come to the house of God. We come to God with nothing. We are weaklings, but the Lord breathes strength into us through his word. As we fellowship, the Lord equips us. As we, as we come together and we share the word of God together, we are strengthened and we are empowered. But it is not for us to sleep again. No. It is for a purpose. So Bible said that even though he was fed and he was revived, he went back to sleep. Until the angel came the second time and told him that this was not the purpose for which I fed you. I have fed you because you have a journey ahead of you. You have to do my work. You have to change the world. You have to continue with the ministry. You should not be afraid of Jezebel. And in the same way as children of God, tonight the word of God to us is that Pastor Dave feeds us with the word of God. Pastor Randin feeds us with the word of God. We come here on Sunday. We come here on Monday, fire starters. We come here on Wednesdays like this. We, we, we come for prayers. And, and all that we are doing, we are, we are being equipped. We are being strengthened. And we ought to change our world. We ought to dispel the darkness that is covering the world. Hallelujah. So when Elijah was fed the second time, Bible says that this time around, he was equipped, he was boldened, and he went out again. He was not afraid. I pray that we will not be afraid. I pray we will not be afraid to stand for Christ everywhere we find ourselves. I pray that even when we are being intimidated, our lives are not going to be out, out, out darkened by the darkness. Hallelujah. We are agents of transformation. So tonight, God wants to remind us of who we are. God wants to tell us that we don't just warm pews. God, God, God is telling us that our relevance is actually not, not restricted. But our relevance is for the world to see. The world will become a better place through our ministry of Christ to the world. And, and, and this is the time we ought to let our values shine everywhere we are. We are agents of transformation. I was reading something in, first, in, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 35, verse 1 to 14. We have just five minutes left. It's, it's a long scripture, but God wanted to teach the people of Israel about a group of people called the Rechabites. And, and this was a time when, when the people of, of Judah, I would say the Israelites, were always disobeying God. You know, the, the, the God, God had invested so much in Israel he had, he had demonstrated so much power to them. He had done so many miracles in their lives. And I believe that if they will always remember what God has done, they will always be on fire for God. And there will be no instance where they are going to disobey God. But it looks as if upon all that God was doing for them, they kept hurting God. They, they weren't shining enough. They weren't influencing their world enough. So Bible says that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. It's, you can read it when you go. And God wanted to teach the Israelites a, a lesson about a, a group of people called the Rechabites. And I was trying to read about these Rechabites, and, and they are actually not Israelites. And people don't really know where they come from, but they believe that they were a group of people who also followed the Israelites when they moved from Egypt to the Promised Land. I believe that they saw that the Israelites had a powerful God. I believe that from the miracles they saw being demonstrated in the life of the Israelites, they realized that their God is a kind of God if they align themselves to their lives will be better. So tonight, if you are listening to the sound of my voice, I want to tell you that join the Christian community because we have a powerful God, a God who brings hope, a God who brings love, a God who is able to make life better. So the Rechabites were not Israelites, but rather 
they saw the demonstration of power and the testimonies that backed the life of the Israelites. So when they were leaving Egypt, according to the writers, they also followed them. And they didn't really join the Israel community, but what they did was that they were pitching their, their tent closer to where they were, always were. So I'm sure they wanted to also enjoy from the blessings of the God of Israel. So these people, they had, they had an ancestor called Jonadab. And this Jonadab was a good man according to scripture. And he told his people that they should never give in to wine. They should never drink wine. They should never build houses. They should always be living in tents. That is how their life should be. They should live a nomadic lifestyle. And that was what they, have been, they had been doing ever since Jonadab died. So what God wanted to teach the Israelites was that when he realized that the Israelites were being disobedient and they were not shining enough, he told Jeremiah to go and call the leaders of the Rechabites. Bring them to the temple and offer them wine to drink. You know, give them their best you know, rooms in the temple, set a table before them and give them wine to drink. And Bible said that Jeremiah did that. He went and called the leaders, brought them to the temple and set wine before them. And he said that, enjoy, drink it. This is the house of God. And the response this Rechabites gave um, Jeremiah was that, we never drink. And this was a, co- a command our ancestor gave to us over 300 years ago. And up till this time, we don't drink. We have stuck to the commandment he gave us. We don't build houses. We live in tents. We are living nomadic lifestyles. And that is what we have been. So it doesn't matter where we are. We are not going to take this. And then the Lord came back to Jeremiah and told Jeremiah, did you hear the response they gave you? These people had a descendant who is a human being, just like you. Yet for 300 years, what he has said, he's dead and gone. They have held up to it and are still faithful and obedient to that commandment. Up till that time, they are consistent. They don't change anywhere they go. And this is a lesson I want to teach you, the Israelites. Learn from them. This is how I want you to be. And he said that because of what these Rechabites have done in the verse 19, any time that the, the, the people of Rechabites will always have representative in the house of God. And that was the command God gave. So even though they are not Israelites, at any time in the temple, there is a Rechabite there because God saw something in them. And that is a value we Christians have to hold on to. On changing and holding on to our values irrespective of seasons, irrespective of where we find ourselves in, let us be consistent for God. Let our values reflect. Let us demonstrate love. Let us love our neighbor as, as, as Christ has said. Let us live right. Let us be righteous. Let us pursue good things. Let us, let us always foster peace between people. Let us live out the life of Christ. Let our light shine. And that is how we can change the world. Other than that, we'll be taken over by the world. So tonight, the word of God to us is that we are agents of transformation. Let our light shine everywhere we find ourselves in. It may be difficult, it may be tough, but stand for Christ. And I believe that the world will be taken over by Christ. Let the principles and the values of Christ permeate everywhere you find yourself in. Your homes, your schools, your workplace, let the light be seen. And even as we do that, God will bless us. And God will fulfill his word concerning us. Tonight, may the Lord bless us. To the light, may the, tonight may the Lord shine His face towards us. Tonight, if we have been dormant for far too long, may the Lord revive us. May the Lord rekindle us and grant us enough stamina to be able to shine in our world. May the Lord bless us for His word in Jesus' name. Amen.
if anybody wants prayer, you're around. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.